Hi, and welcome to Foundation for a Drug-Free World of America's podcast called Rebels. We're so excited to have all of you here today with us with retired NFL player Noah Burrows, who's also a big advocate for Foundation for a Drug-Free World. And we're really excited to be speaking with him today so he can share his story with all of you and why he's involved with drug education and so on. So we're going to get started. So welcome, Noah. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm about to have a baby. <laughs> oh, wow. We've got a major milestone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild because we just decided to start these podcasts about, I don't know, two weeks ago. It's also about two weeks before my due date. So uh, it's, it's quite interesting. <laughs> oh, wow. So you're going to be a busy working mom. That is correct. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Noah, we brought you on the show today, and I want to first have everyone find out who Noah Burroughs is. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your history, how you got into the NFL? 2001, I was my rookie year. I was lucky enough to be selected during the sixth round uh, by the New York Jets and uh, played half of an injury pro year in New York. And then the next year I was playing in Jacksonville. And football is uh it's a it's a complex sport, but it's also a brotherhood. So you make you know, you get the opportunity to meet people from all over the country, sometimes if not all over the world. I've made some, some great relationships and um through the brotherhood of football, and that's actually how I was introduced to Drug Free Worlds, former teammate of mine, uh, I think Ferguson. My playing days were were something that it structured me to be a specific mindset. Drugs was always something I stayed away from as being a child. I saw what it could do to people. Uh, per- personal personal family issues that I've seen happen that just, you know, something that wasn't a great thing to have to deal with. So I, I, I always vowed just to stay away from drugs. And uh, a no-brainer for me because you know what drugs do, but a lot of people don't know what drugs do to your body. And I was actually educated recently by drugs some of the synthetic drugs so you know I didn't know that there were factory lab created uh, marijuana that changes ever so often you know so yeah. some of them are illegal to sell in stores until they become illegal and once they become illegal they add something to it and it becomes legal again so it's uh, it's, it's kind of a strange thing and, I, and that's not just with marijuana it's all all types of little designer drugs it's taught me that I should continue to educate myself but not only myself others as well so it was an easy decision for me to you know to partner up drug free world and try and educate others about the, the, the dangers of drugs wow i actually didn't know all of that <laughs> <laughs> so that's you actually just got me re-inspired to be a part of drug free world because <laughs> <laughs> hearing your story First of all, you're so like, um, you're so straightforward and like, this is how it is. This is how it is. This is how it is. Everything's very clean and clear and it's nice. It's actually really refreshing, <laughs> especially as a woman. You're yeah. very organized. So I really like that. <laughs> One of the things that is a little bit scary right now, you mentioned that when you were little, you saw firsthand with family or friends or whomever, like how drugs affected them in a, in a harmful way. 
And one of the really scary things right now is that a lot of the people that young kids are being exposed to through social media or celebrity or so on is actually putting out a different message, you know, normalizing drug use, showing that perhaps they reach their level of success through drugs and things like that. This is why we've really made a concerted effort to partner up with people just like you from sports leagues and artists and various other types of celebrities to show kids that's actually a falsehood. It's not, these people didn't reach their level of success through drugs. And it's kind of like a ticking time bomb to see, unfortunately, when negative things are going to start happening to them because of drugs, but they don't always see that for a long time. So it's nice to hear that you had that experience. Do you think that kids nowadays are still feeling that way? Or do you think that they are unfortunately starting to feel the way that I'm telling you? No, I think uh, what we don't realize as certain individuals, as an adult, you, you know, you have to understand that young people's minds are so impressionable. And so we have to be careful what we say and what we say about drugs to guide talk kids towards feeling comfortable to using drugs. Um, you know, when you say things like, these are the drugs that you're taking and I'm fine, or it makes me feel good, or it gives me energy, it makes me more driven to do whatever it is you're doing. That's completely sending a, a, a false representation of how you should look at life for something to be productive for. You know, you should have drive based on an innate feeling to accomplishing a specific goal. And uh, I don't think drugs could ever give you that feeling. So when you, when you use a drug as a crutch, then you're never truly reaching your goal on your own. No one teaches a child how to walk or ride a bike with training wheels. And then once they can learn how to ride the bike, they keep the training wheels on, you know? And that's what I look at as people who have, you know, continue with, with drug usage is they need something to push them. And I've never been one to need anything with, with the exception of my own desire to complete a goal or a task. I think we have to think about how impressionable young people are. Some people may not realize it, but for me, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner and I, and I understand the challenges and way that people can follow someone based on their platform that they may have. So if you're, you're an entertainer or you're an act, actor or person in the music industry, I think you should be more cautious on what you say because those words hold true to kids and they actually follow it more so than I would say they will follow an athlete, you know, because people know that being a professional athlete is one of the most challenging goals to accomplish. So, but everyone thinks they can sing. Everyone thinks they can become an actress. And so you have to be careful as those people to watching the message that we spread. Exactly. Well, that's why it's amazing that we have gotten you on board and lots of other athletes on board and other types of public figures. And I think that the feeling around the subject is starting to change. I think people are starting to recognize that, especially with everything that's going on in the country right now, that what you say and your actions do matter and that people are affected by them and people have feelings and people remember things and people can hold on to negative things that happen to them for their whole life. And so I, I think, I'm hoping at least, that people are starting to realize that 
it does matter what they say. It does matter what they do. And maybe they'll translate that to how they're talking and acting about drugs, especially in front of kids who are watching them, you know? Tell everyone a little bit more about when you were in the NFL, what was your experience with the other players? Did you see things that some guys who were doing really well and then maybe they got involved with the wrong path and they ended up losing their careers? Like, did you experience anything like that? Yeah, I think it seems like that's a never-ending cycle. And that comes with education. I think when you teach from a historical standpoint, that's the best lesson or example for someone to learn. So, you know, when I was in high school, I would see guys, you know, they were suspended for doing some illegal substance and it may not have been a drug. The drug guideline has become so broad in the NFL that taking Tylenol is considered a a banned substance. So if you catch a cold, you can't just go and take Tylenol. You have to contact the team doctor. He has to give you permission to use a certain amount and then you're tested. And so with that being said, I stopped taking any kind of proteins or any of those shakes just because I was so afraid to test positive for anything. But there, there were other guys who they wanted to continue to smoke or do some other drug and they felt like they, they could beat the system. And uh, I had a particular teammate who he did something that was really, really careless. And, uh, you know, he tried to pump clean urine into his body and one his body didn't take it. He caught a, a terrible infection. So not only did he have to get that urine out of his body, but they still tested him and they found positive in his bloodstream. So not only did he have to have surgery, but he also oh missed it. Oh, my God. I've never yeah. heard of anything like that in my whole life. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. There was a guy a few years ago, maybe about five or six years ago, he was caught in the airport with that same device that you would use to put the urine in. Yeah. Wow, guys, that's going to guys do things. Yeah, guys do a lot to try and beat the system. It's gotten a lot better though, because players are a little more educated. They know it's just not worth it. But the ones who, you know, you may hear a few times a year those who have tested positive for for a illegal substance or a banned substance. A lot of times it's a medication that they took, or maybe in a few instances. There, there is a person who's taking some drug and, and they get caught. So yeah, yeah. to me, being suspended for a year, having to participate in a, a drug program, is not worth losing hundreds or millions of dollars to alter your state. It's just not worth it. Wow. It's amazing yeah, so we, when you think of the schedule, too, that anyone actually has time for this type of thing. Like, where do they fit this in, you know? Yeah, you get a day off a week, and so usually on that on that Tuesday, you know, you have free time yourself. You want to unwind, and a lot of people would say marijuana was their drug of choice because it made them feel, it helped them heal, or at least the pain subsided for that time, and so that's what I would do it. Wow. The one thing I'll say that's, I guess, the only positive thing about all of this is I have found in the past few years that people are starting to look at alternative approaches to healing. Like there's all these various Instagram pages and, and blogs where people talk about having a better lifestyle, exercise, different types of approaches like massage therapy, or there's different doctors, in, especially in Los Angeles, that have all these different alternative treatments and various things, and it's becoming more acceptable. And I guess that's the one 
saving grace with all of this is that people are going to get stressed. People are going to have pain, various things like this that are part of life. And I think having more solutions available and people being more accepting of the role of nutrition and fitness and vitamins and the, the morning green smoothies, like people are now more aware of this and accepting of it. And I think it's a whole picture, meaning like before, if we didn't address nutrition and then we wonder why kids are being crazy in school because they had chocolate cereal for breakfast, <laughs> nobody questioned that in the past. So I think we're starting to finally come to a point where we're looking at maybe if this kid did have a green drink that had some kind of maybe almond butter in it, so it tastes good for him and he starts to stay with protein and vegetables, he'll feel better and then he'll be able to pay attention better in school and then he'll feel better about himself. And then we don't start this cycle that we've been in in the past 20 years. Yeah. And you're a teacher now. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. I always wanted to teach kids. I know you couldn't play football forever. So that was my phase two of my life. I actually completed my degree while I was still playing. In the off season, I would go to school. You know, I completed my degree for education. Wow. So what I did is I found out as a good way to infuse an after-school program, drug-free world, educational, after-school component. And so it's a, it's a great tool. Parents love it. They actually get information that they didn't know. And I've had some other principals at other schools that I've sent them the program because they wanted to use it as well. And they, uh, they, they loved it. Thank you. So yeah, you have to catch them. Yeah, you introduce education and letting someone know the truth early on. I think it's the best. It's just the same like food. You know, we we eat foods that we don't know traditionally. We've been told certain foods are healthy and they're not. So you know, yeah, exactly. it's the same thing with both. You have I, to teach them. I agree with you completely on that. Like that's the one thing. I just turned thirty-six years old. I look twenty-five. Well, God bless you, because I don't look how I looked when I was 25, but thank you. (laughs) It's been such an evolution for me still, you know, growing as a person on what are the right things to eat. And, And for example, and I was just thinking about this recently, I remember there was this whole campaign when I was in middle school, the Got Milk ads. Huh, Yeah. And encouraging people to drink milk just as a something you have in your daily diet. And yeah. obviously this podcast is not about milk or nutrition or so on, but I'm just giving it as a, as a recent story or experience I had. And I was like, wow, so much has come out since that time about milk and yeah. people not really drinking or eating dairy as much and all these various things. But at that time, all the celebrities, Jennifer Aniston, actually most of the women of the TV show Friends and lots of different celebrities were in these ads wearing their milk mustaches and so promoting yep. drinking milk and look how much has come out since that time. So it is the same thing with drugs. You know, you could mm-hmm. have different people saying that this is a good thing and then later on you have people like Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Anna Nicole Smith, Heath Ledger, all of these prints, all of these people affected by drugs. And now things are starting to change. You know, the wheels are starting to change. You're right. You know, if you think about it, 
we could say drug. You know, this isn't a conversation about food, but in a sense, a <laughs> drug is a plant. It gets to us the same way that food does, at least the healthy food. But it is a great analogy to compare the two because you should know what you're putting into your body, whether it's food or it's a drug, just so that you know the benefits or the, the negative benefits that you're getting out of it. You know? Exactly. It is all education. You know, I'm sure you found this. You probably know so much about exercise and the right ways to warm up and all these various things. And then someone who's finally deciding to get in shape, maybe they start and they do everything wrong so that it never sticks. They never stick with their routine. Everything comes down to education. So there's no difference with drugs. You know, people should be educated. Exactly. I think one of our pitfalls as, I won't say adults, but our politicians, some of the things that we don't have infused into our school curriculum are basic things that we need, which we don't. And drug education would be a great component. And also, we have health, we have science, but we don't go into details on what we should put into our bodies. And I think that's a big mistake because we have to learn the hard way. Sometimes experience is the, it's a rough teacher. You don't, you know, you get with experience, you get the test. And then you learn the lesson. That's tough. So we, we shouldn't always have experience as a, as a teacher. We should have history as a teacher, you know, past experiences as a teacher. We could do that if we fuse that more into our educational houses. I agree. I went to go deliver a drug education talk at a private school recently. And I was so blown away by what they were studying at this private school. They were taking classes and reading books on democracy and what people have written about democracy since the 1500s and they're reading these unbelievable books and then they were taking classes on I don't even remember everything it was but things that I definitely didn't study and for sure sometimes I look at too I'm like why don't we learn more about other religions like I'll be honest with you I don't think we learned anything about other religions when I was in high school. And then now there's lots of discussions about that subject. And I wish I had more education on being able to understand other religions besides whatever you just hear in the media. So there's so many different things that would make a person more well-rounded and able to operate in the society if they had more of these educational resources. Exactly. I think the problem is, even with most drugs, it's there's a huge market to make money. As a capitalist society which we live in, that means more to politicians than actually helping someone or educating someone. And that's where we're going wrong. Yes. that's And it's interesting because every film that's created, like every Marvel film, Batman film, all of these films that people love are always about the villain who has is trying to make money by hurting a lot of people. And people love these movies because those people get destroyed at the end. And I always say, can't they see that this is just the same thing as real life? There's no difference between this Marvel film and things that are going on right now, you know? That's 100%. That's a great analogy that I might have to use the next time I'm explaining this to somebody. <laughs> I like that great. That's a great analogy. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. You're welcome. <laughs> well, so tell people how you've used the drug-free world materials. Well, the packet has so much in it. Folders, uh, posters, 
the CD or the DVD, the videos, the pamphlets. So it depends on who the person is and how they could use each individual item that you have in the package. So for me, I know visuals are a huge thing. So I choose to use the posters inside, outside of the classroom. I also choose to use the pamphlet with the audio because the audio explains in detail every single drug and the effect that it can have on you. When you explain the pamphlet with the video, because there are a lot of people who learn different ways. So I try to hit different modalities when I'm teaching a new topic or subject that someone is not familiar with. Seeing someone speak about exactly what I just spoke about, it usually resonates with the child when they hear it two to three different times. Yeah. And others learn easier from watching sometimes. So that DVD was huge. I'm actually a little upset because I think each topic that it covers, it can go so much deeper into, and it could be more video. It could be more information per drug in the pamphlet. It could almost be, you could have four, five, six, seven different pages per lesson, per drug. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's like a, a great overview. But once you get involved in it, you start reading it and learning these things, you want to learn more. You know, at least wow. that's how I am. Learn something, I want to learn more. I want to learn more. So for me, what it did is it forced me to go out and do more research. And, you know, that's how I know a little bit more about certain drugs that I've never known about. You know, the synthetic drug was something that wasn't anything I was familiar with. So having to do the research, it taught me some things that it's just scary. You know, first first place some of the the chemicals that they put in these drugs we wouldn't ingest it as, as food or we wouldn't ingest it as just breathing it but when you pick these drugs up and you don't know what's in it you're actually ingesting things that you would never normally do that education component like i said depends on who you are but for me i love the video i love the pamphlet i love the photos i have a relationship with the church and he allows me to come in and explain these things to the younger kids there wow and um they they love it. The parents are, they, they're always asking for pamphlets. So I try to just use my head, figure out where it could be most beneficial. Exactly. At times, the reverend says, I think you had, you're headed for a career in politics because <laughs> you have good ideas. You just you need to be the person who's in charge of changing laws. And I say, it's probably right. It's probably more <laughs> of what I'm headed towards in life. But it's, it's something that I use, like I say, in different capacities. So I use it in school. I use it in after school. I use it at the... At the, at the church so you, you know there's different you could take it to a barbecue <laughs> <laughs> you know yes absolutely yeah. well it's true you can that's so funny you say that because there are some people who are obviously super excited as a volunteer and they will they'll give it out at social events they'll give it to neighbors they'll give it to friends and like fine you know whatever however you want to disseminate the information go do it fine with me. Well, I think we, we covered a lot of ground here. Um, I definitely learned a lot talking to, I didn't realize uh, so many things about self and your viewpoint on drugs and all of that. And it's definitely, again, really refreshing and a message that I'm glad we're recording this so that everyone can hear this and perhaps be inspired to do something about the drug situation in our country and not lose hope that no one cares anymore. I think that's what I've gotten out of this podcast is you definitely are very steadfast about your opinion. 
and you had a position that people really admire and so they'll listen to you and so I think that people listening to this will say you know what we have to keep going we have to keep educating kids we can't give up yeah well pushing and you know that's one of my life's mantra keep pushing which which I I take that as keep going forward don't don't stop when you hit an obstacle, which is how I live my life as far as being an athlete. You know, you would always have an obstacle. You have to go through it, though. I'm the same way I've, I've transitioned that same mentality into my professional career and life in general, and even a message when I pass it to a, you know, it could be a family member, it could be a friend, or someone who I just met. Just always keep pushing forward. And I think that's the philosophy of Drug Free World, and it's, it's a great one. So. We'll keep pushing that word out there. We'll keep educating people. Hopefully we'll reach a lot more people in 2021. Exactly. Thank you so much for doing this. We are so happy to have you and so happy to be partnering with you and really appreciate all of your very thoughtful words that you said during this. Thank you. You're welcome. No problem. Okay. Great having me on again. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thanks for answering my text message on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> hey, there's no day off for Drug Free World. That's correct. That is a true <laughs> statement if there ever was one. That's right. Okay, Noah. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening today. And we'll catch you on our next Rebels podcast.